Hello, and welcome to Auntie Sandy's Storyland. Please join us at our new home on the Lotus Prison Network at patreon.com. Our story for today is... Sondrion, a Caribbean Cinderella by Robert D. Sansusi. You may think you know this story I am going to tell you, but you have not heard it for true. I was there, so I will tell you the truth of it, here, now. I live on a green, green island in the blue Mer des Antilles, the Caribbean Sea. Long ago, when I was a child, my family was poor. When my mother died, she left me only one thing, a wand of mahogany. Three taps will change one thing into another, my mother had whispered. But only for a short time, and the magic must be used to help someone you love. Of what use was this to an orphan like me, who every day struggled to find shelter to fill her belly? I could not use the wand. I had no one to love and no one who loved me. When I grew up, I worked as a blanchisseuse, a washerwoman, scrubbing other people's sheets and shirts at the riverside, drying them in the sun. One woman I worked for was kind. I often nursed her for she was always sickly, poor creature. In thanks, she made me the nanin, godmother of her baby girl, Sondrion. When I held that baby in my arms on her christening day, I felt such love. And I saw love return from her sweet brown eyes. Alas, Sondrion's mother died soon after this. Then her papa, Monsieur, married again. Madame Prosperine was a cold woman and puffed up proud because her grandfather had come from France. When a new daughter, Vitaline, was born, Madame gave a christening party for her rich friends. What a feast it was! Madame and the other ladies were dressed in satin and velvet, all the colors of the rainbow. They laughed at my worn white skirts and peasant's way of speaking. Pretty Sondrion came and kissed me. Bonjour, Nanin. She gave me a cup of punch. Her hands were blistered and red. Pauv tea, Sondrion. Poor little child, I cried. What have you done to yourself? She shrugged. My father... My father's wife works me like a serving girl. And Monsieur allows this? Sighing, she said, He fears Madame, but I am strong. The work hurts my hands, but not my heart. Some day, I will find a way to help. Even as I spoke them, my words sounded hollow. What could I, a poor washerwoman, do for my dearest? When she was older, Sondrion would come to the river each morning to do the family's laundry. Her sweet bonjour was music. Her smile was sunshine even when the clouds hid the sun. We knelt beside the other Blanchezuses and talked and sang and laughed as we scrubbed the clothes. Sondrion seemed so happy. I wished that I could always see her so. Nothing was easy for her at home. Madame and spoiled Vitaline ate dainties. 
Sondrian often had only a handful of manioc flour and the tail ends of codfish. All day she worked. At night she slept on a hard straw pallet. Then, one day, she came sad-faced to the river. No singing or joking could make her smile. I asked, What troubled you so, my child? There is a ball tonight, but I am not to go, she said, looking so miserable, my heart nearly snapped in two. Vitalina and Mama will go, but Mama says I am lazy. Does it mean so much to you, this ball? Oh, yes, Nanin, she cried. It is a birthday fete for Paul, Monsieur Theobald's son. He is so handsome and well-spoken, he is like a prince, yet he is kind. Do not cry, dear one, I said, hugging her. Tonight you will go to the ball. For true? Upon my soul I promise this, I said though I was fearful of risking so much when I had no plan. But her smile lightened my heart. As she gathered up her laundry, I heard her singing. Long after she left, I sat watching the river. How am I to keep my promise, I asked myself. When I could think of no answer, I prayed to Bondi, good God. And he answered, because I began to think what I must do. It was dark when I reached home, took my mother's wand from the shelf, and hurried to my sweet Sondrion. What a hobble-bobble at the house! Sondrion's papa stood on the porch, holding his gold watch while the coachman waited beside the family carriage. We are late, Monsieur said, as if the fault belonged to me. Inside, Madame and Vitaline were shouting, Sondrion, find my shoulder scarf. Sondrion, comb my hair. I helped arrange Madame's gown while Sondrion combed Vitaline's hair. Finally, they were off, away. Good riddance. Upon the instant, I told Sondrion, Now you will go to the ball. But I have no carriage, she protested. I have no gown. Go into the garden and pick a free upon, I said. The child looked at me as if she thought, my poor nanin has gone mad. But she found a big round breadfruit. I tapped this three times, two, 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 with my wand, and it became a gilded coach. So far, so good. Sondrion gasped, but I told her, do not waste your breath on questions. We still have much to do. Two, two, two. Six agoutis in a cage became six splendid carriage horses. Two, two, two. Five brown field lizards became five tall footmen. Two, two, two. A plump manicou was changed into a coachman. Then I tapped Sondrion. Her poor calico dress was changed into a trailing gown of sky-blue velvet. Upon her head sat a turban just as blue, pinned with a tremblant, pin of gold. She had a silk shoulder scarf of pale rose, rings in her ears, bracelets, and a necklace of four strands of gold beads bigger than peas.
Upon her feet were elegant pink slippers embroidered with roses. It was enough to hurt my eyes to look at my darling. Finally, I turned my washerwoman shift into a fine red dress. I would chaperone Sondrion as suited a proper young lady. Away we went, over the bridge, through the town, along the shore to the Grand Maison of Monsieur Thiebault. Just before we stepped down from our carriage, I warned Sondrion, The magic only lasts a short time. We must leave before the midnight bell is rung. Yes, Nanin, she promised. What a grand entrance Sondrion made. All eyes turned toward her and could not turn away. I heard whispers all around. Who is that pretty girl? Look how fine her clothes are. Did she come from France? Even Sondrion's stepmother and sister did not recognize the two of us, though they peered crossly at us. Then Paul, his eyes blazing with love fire, asked her to dance, and he refused to dance with any other. I know. I watched as I ate. Oh, what fine food I helped myself to as I watched the handsome couple, even chocolate sherbet. Sondrion was so happy, and I was happy seeing her so, that we forgot to mark the time. Suddenly I heard distant bells strike the first chime of midnight. Astonishing all with my rudeness, I grabbed Sondrion's hand and cried, It's nearly midnight. We must go. For a moment I feared she would not obey. Then she turned and we ran toward the door. Paul cried, Wait, I do not even know your name. He ran after us, but guests and servants, confused by such running and shouting, blocked his way. As it was, we barely escaped to our carriage because Sondrion stumbled on the stair. She had to leave behind one embroidered slipper. Off we sped into the night as I counted the chimes, and the moment I heard the twelfth stroke, we found ourselves in the dusty road beside a smashed breadfruit. Around us, agoutis and lizards and a fat maniku scurried into the brush. We walked home like two ragged washerwomen. Our fine clothes were gone, all except Sondrion's one pink slipper. She took it off, saying, I will keep this to remind me of this wonderful night and a happiness I will never know again. But, I said, I will help you visit Paul again. She shook her head. I see now that it was not Sondrion he fell in love with, she said. He was under the spell of your wand. When the magic goes, the love too will fade from his eyes. Alas, I said, my plans have come to nothing. I cannot give you the gift of love that would change your life for true. Dear Godmother, she said, kissing my cheek, you gave me this night. It is enough. I did not see Sondrion at the river the next day. When I called at the house, I found she was in bed. Madame and Vitaline said she was being lazy, but I saw she was sick with a broken heart. I stroked her brow for a good long time until I heard a great commotion. When I looked for the cause, I found that Paul had arrived. 
He was followed by a footman carrying Sondrion's last pink slipper on a satin pillow. To Madame and Vitaline, he explained, I am searching for the lovely stranger who was at the fete last night. This is her slipper. I am asking all unmarried young women on the island to try it on. I will wed the one whose foot it fits. From the doorway, I heard Madame say, My pretty daughter is the only unmarried girl in the house. Then Vitaline and her mama tried to force the girl's big foot with toes like sausages into the slipper. Such grunting and groaning you never heard. So eager were they, I feared they would destroy the slipper. If you cut off those big toes, I called out, it would be a fine fit. Madame screeched, Go away, old woman! And I did. Straight back to Sondrion's room I marched. Now, child, if you love me, I charged her, do this one thing for me. Go out into the hall. She drew a shawl around her cotton shift. Barefoot, she went into the hall where panting Madame and sobbing Vitaline had given up the battle of the slipper. But just as Paul was turning to go, I tapped Sondrion, two, 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 with my wand. To the astonishment of all, she appeared as she had at the ball. No, Godmother dear, she said, no more spells. With a sigh, I touched her again, and she was as before, in her shift and shawl. Without hesitation, Paul knelt before her. Gently, he placed the slipper on her foot. Then he said, You are as beautiful this minute as you were last night. And everyone in the room could see the true love in his eyes. Sondrion and Paul were married soon after this. Even the king and queen of France never had such a wedding. The guests ate and danced and sang and ate again for three days. I know because I was there. I danced the guoka and ate nine helpings of chocolate sherbet and came away only to tell you this tale. That is the end of our story for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join our exclusive Storyland membership on the Lotus Prison Network to get special appreciation bonuses and rewards as a valued member of our listener team. To join our membership, go to patreon.com forward slash the Lotus Prison Network. For those who like the book we read today and would like to purchase it, please click the link in the description. Follow our Facebook page so you can find us on all your favorite social media and share with your family and friends. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next time on Auntie Sandy's Storyland.